Welcome to The Unstoppable Singer. I'm your host, Danielle Tucker, a professional vocalist, vocal coach, and a lead singer of the Mighty Untouchables Band. I'm also the producer and host of the Pandemic Proof Singer Summit and The Unstoppable Singer. The Unstoppable Singer follows the lives of real professional singers who've made incredible achievements in their lives and careers. We cover everything from voice work, making money, booking gigs, songwriting, recording, session work, and more. If you haven't yet, hit that subscribe button so you never miss another podcast. Now on with the show. Chicago native Charlene Carmen is a singer, songwriter, and vocal producer whose experience includes film, television, and tours. Her film credits include Nope, Coming to America, Bad Boys for Life, Just Mercy, Deadpool 2, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Hidden Figures, Rio, and Dream Girls. Charlene is a true vocal chameleon who is able to seamlessly transition from genre to genre. She's worked as a backing vocalist for a long list of artists that include Christina Aguilera, Eric Clapton, Stevie Wonder, Shania Twain, Deborah Cox, John Legend, Cynthia Revo, and Leonard Cohen. Uh, she's made over 800 national and international television appearances, and some of those include shows like the Emmys, the Grammys, the Academy Awards, the American Music Awards, The View, The Late Show, the Kennedy Center Honors, uh, in performance at the White House, uh, My Gift, a Christmas special from Carrie Underwood, Saturday Night Live, and seven seasons of American Idol. In addition to working as a background vocalist on American Idol, she stepped into the role of vocal producer for the show's iTunes seasons uh, sessions for three seasons. So please Welcome, Charlene Carmen. Charlene. Hey. hey how there. are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing awesome tonight. It is so good to virtually meet you for the first time. Thank yeah, you for so doing this. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm super excited to dive in and talk to you because you have an absolutely outstanding bio, as we've heard. You've had um, you. a phenomenal career, and I'm really excited to hear all about it. So for starters, why don't you tell us what's going on with you um, lately these days? What projects are you involved in and what do you have coming up? Oh, well, you know what? I just had a session today for a Christmas project. I don't even know who it's for. I have to get back to you on that. And then, you know, there's these NDAs, so I can't really talk. I just put some vocals on on two movies that are coming up, but unfortunately I'm not allowed to say what they are. <laughs> until after they come out or ever? <laughs> right. Well, until after it comes out. Yeah. You know how that oh, that is so cool. That's great. Do you feel like um after after going through the the years of COVID is is uh are things completely back online for you now? No. They're not. Yeah. How do you feel like you're still being impacted by that? The the my workload has not come back up to the pre-COVID levels. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yeah, I'm, it's getting there. It's you know, it's picking up, but it's not where it was, you know, in 2019. I see. Yeah. So I, I, as a singer, you know, you uh, you do quite a lot of lot. You have live performance. You're doing session work. You're doing um, songwriting, television kind of the whole gamut, which aspect do you think is kind of still lagging on coming up to speed? All of it or just one in particular? All of it. All of it. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm sorry. That's my dog shaking and making noise. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> They're welcome to come on and answer some questions. If <laughs> awesome. Well, let's, let's scooch back just a little bit then before COVID. Um, it's crazy that we're like, even still talking about this. This was like, gosh, we're going on close to three years ago now, but, um, you know, what did you have going on right before everything shut down? What, what were you in the midst of in your career at that time? Oh my gosh. 2019 was like one of the best years ever, you know, work-wise 20, 2018 and 2019, as far as like traveling, visiting friends, celebrating milestones, milestone birthdays with people. Mm-hmm. And I just realized now that it's almost like, you know, I, I kind of feel like God was just blessing me with this abundance of mm. not just work, but experiences and chances to connect with and see friends and family that I haven't seen in a long time. Yeah. And I'm glad we had that time together because, you know, no one knew what was, you know, coming up next. So, um, you know, the top of 2020, I was in a choir that sang with Cynthia Arrivo at the Oscars top of 2020 did the um the Clive Davis pre-Grammy party you know 2019 I had an amazing gig in New York they opened a new cultural center called the shed um near the High Line um and near the West Side Highway and they opened it it's a it's a facility it's huge where they can showcase their focus is kind of up and coming artists mm-hmm. so you know, fine artists, painters, sculptors, filmmakers, musician, everything arts. So they did a grand opening with a five night concert series with five up and coming artists each night. Quincy mm. Jones produced it. Steve McQueen was the director of it who directed um, 12 Years a Slave. Um, and they asked each artist to kind of trace their musical family tree, what their influences are. Mm. And uh, it was amazing. It was a lot of songs because Mm. it was, you know, five artists on five nights. There were only like maybe two instrumentalists. So I think there was something like 70 songs. Wow. (laughs) It was amazing though. It was amazing. There was a week of rehearsals here in LA and then three weeks uh, that we spent rehearsing and then doing the actual performances in New York. It was, it was great. Yeah. Oh man. That's that's such a common thing that I hear for so many uh, people in this business is that like, it's something, it was something about 2019 that just mm-hmm. felt like it was setting 2020 up to be just such an epic year for everybody, <laughs> like record breaking year. And then all of a sudden the breaks get thrown on. Um, and I'm sure you experienced that along with everybody else in the industry. Absolutely. And, um, what did, how did you settle into that? How did you uh, find your way through? all that time? Well, you know, at first I was like, oh, two weeks. I never believed that it would be two weeks. I always thought it was longer because I'm like, if this is big enough to pretty much shut the world down for two weeks, it might take two longer than two Mm. weeks to sort it out. So at first I was like, oh, I'll get to be home with my kids. You know, I have two teenagers. I have a daughter who also sings, who's a Mm. great singer and a ranger. And and then I have a, a son and my husband. And I was like, oh, you know, we'll be at home. Da, da, da. And after a while, I was like, oh, we're, we're, <laughs> we're really at home. So it was hard. I think this was, you know, just in my experience with my own children and talking 
you know, to my friends and family about what their kids, this was so much harder on the kids yeah. than it on the adults because we have a lifetime of memories and experiences and relationships and all of those things to draw on. They're just getting started. And you know, when you're a kid, school's your whole world. So when mm -hmm. you don't have that anymore, you know, it's just, it was, it was not good. So what did I do? Um, I think, uh, I don't, I got through it. I, I prayed, you know, uh, I got through it. And then somewhere in the middle of it, my daughter's in an acapella group. Shout out to Squad Harmonics. Check them hey. out. X, all high school students, amazing. I was talking to the director about an idea that I've had for a project about the African roots of American music. Mm -hmm. And she was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. You should, you should do that. So then that became a thing. You know, I just dived headlong into that, researching it and putting it all together. And we, you know, presented it online. Um, and then another group, some people saw it. They were like, oh, will you do it again? It's about an hour long. And they asked me to condense it and do a 15 minute version of that. Fast forward to now through the Entertainment Community Fund, um, they have a teaching artist program. I applied for it. I didn't think I would get in, mm -hmm. but I got in. Mm -hmm. And so now today we've just finished the first part of that program. And um, my first lesson plan is complete. So that hour long presentation is now divided into six hour long lessons that before the end of the year, I'll be able to present either virtually or in person to actual students. Wow. So that's been really, really exciting. Really exciting. I never, I, you know, I didn't know that I would kind of make my way into like becoming an educator of sorts. I'm still at the very, very beginning of that. But um, my mom was a first grade teacher for about 25 years. So it's it's funny in so many ways that Apple didn't fall far, far from the tree. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. I love that. I, I've heard so many incredible stories about how, um, you know, during COVID, uh, having that downtime, you know, whether we liked it or not, gave us the space to give life to these passion projects that we, yeah. you know, were things that were just kind of in the back of our mind, but would be nice to do if, if, uh, you know, at the time should ever become available to us, which it never does, you know, but in this case, um, I love to hear those stories about just something where a little seed was planted and then it just kind of snowballs into these like amazing things. Um, is the teaching, the, the presentations, are those connected to, uh, what you're doing with like the acapella group or um, what, what topics do you cover? No, the, my daughter's in an acapella group. Yeah. So this, um, the, the title of this whole series is American music, African roots. And we start with the talking drums of West Africa and we end at Beyonce and mm -hmm. we don't talk about it enough. There is a through line. It, it, it doesn't even do very much of this. It's almost a straight line that goes from West African musical traditions to work songs, field songs, spirituals, blues, gospel, jazz, rock and roll, R&B, mm -hmm. hip hop, pop. It just all of that. So mm -hmm. we, you know, I put all of the pieces of that puzzle together. Mm. And what's, what would you say is your greater vision for that uh, presentation? Where do you want to bring it? Well, I want to, I'm still sorting that out because once mm -hmm. I did it, I wasn't really sure 
how to get it out there, how to get it in front of students. So through this amazing program, they're helping me with that because mm -hmm. there are a need for teaching artists. So some people in this program have teaching experience. Others like me have no experience in a classroom. Um, mm -hmm. Some people are actors, some are dancers, some are singers. So they need the arts in classrooms. Yeah. And in, in this country, we've created almost every popular genre of music. We should know that. We should know yeah. where it came from. And we should just know. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a huge contribution. On my last interview last uh, Wednesday, I was just having this conversation with my other guest about just the um, the loss of music and music history in our schools and and what the, you know, greater impact that that's going to have on just us as a, you know, culture in the long run, not having, you know, what we had as kids where music, arts, they were just kind of a part of our schooling and, you know, shaped so much about, you know, who we are, how we learned our self-esteem, you know, just being involved and, and just shaping that part of our mind. And, and so many kids are not getting that opportunity now. So it's, you know, it's amazing that you're kind of bringing this into the world, you know, to hopefully contribute everywhere that you can. And um, it sparks an idea for me because I put on this little annual uh, event called the Unstoppable Singer Summit every year. Yeah. And that is something I'd love to see you present um, to that group of singers. You know, these are all singers who are, you know, aspiring professionals and some are already professionals. But if you if you want to give it a test drive, I'd be so happy to have you on oh, board I with that. I would love to. I would love to do that. And 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 as we're talking about um, the arts and schools, mm -hmm. I don't know how far you want me to go back. Yeah. But I started singing in school in my middle school choir. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know that I could sing until I was about twelve. Yeah. So I had a great you know experience in the choir, middle school, great teacher, and a and then a phenomenal high school music teacher, Dr. Lena McLean. I mean, mm -hmm. she just she's amazing. And that is amazing. And so by the time I got to high school, somewhere around my freshman year, I knew, okay, this is what I want to do. This yeah. is what I want to do. I don't know how, but this is what I want to do. Yeah, I know it is. It is. It's been so important to so many of us. I think it's really the only reason I graduated high school was, you know, <laughs> the music programs I was involved with. It was, it was the thing that motivated me to get up and do what I had to do, get to school, get you know, semi-decent grades, at least to stay involved in the programs. Forward to doing, you know, yeah. I was out of that music room, if not every day, sometimes more than once a day and definitely after school. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's talk more about your background. Let's go back to Chicago. And before I do that, um, I just want to give a little shout out to a couple of people out in the comments. Um, we've got George uh, Waddles Jr. Oh, out there. Yeah, George was in that high school choir with me. Hi, George. Hey, George. Thank you for joining us. And we've got Karen Deneen Forrest. And she oh, that's says, my cousin. Hey, Karen. Uh, she says she loves you and she loves oh, seeing you featured you here. We love having Charlene here. Thanks, Karen. <laughs> All right. So we'll take us back to Chicago and how you got started. Um, if you were coming from a musical family, you know, where did um, where did it all begin for you? <laughs> I did not come from a musical family. I'm mm -hmm. laughing because my mom, I think she she sang something at her like senior high school luncheon or something. You could <laughs> not a singer after that. OK, she, no. <laughs> <laughs> But it's interesting, my dad 
only listen pretty much to straight ahead jazz. That's okay. it. So as a kid, it felt torturous to me, like, oh, James is Dejan, you know, but now I appreciate it so much. I appreciate him as a kid dragging me to go see, you know, Sarah Vaughn live. Like that's just, I treasure that now. But at the time it was just like, oh, please. Yeah. And then they made me take piano lessons. I did not like it at <laughs> all. Like. I hated it. Yeah. But looking back, the only thing I liked was like playing the notes and singing along, you know? Uh -huh. So, and then also looking back, I realized now my teacher was nice, but I should have been a little further along, especially with like reading, what, considering the time that I spent. But it's almost like, you know, as a kid, whatever that thing is that you don't like, it's almost like a repressed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, so the singing, like I said, that didn't, you know, I started piano at like four or five. And I think I played for maybe three years or so. I don't know. That tear-stained piano, by the way, is is in my house today. Uh, and my children, Sydney and Jojo, have practiced on that piano. My husband, Tim Carmen, is an amazing keyboard player. So he has blessed that piano. And uh, my, my teardrops are, the stains are they're not visible anymore. So, yeah. but I started singing in middle school and high school mm -hmm. and the choir was just really an amazing experience. Mm -hmm. So many talented people and such an amazing teacher. We got to sing opera and show tunes and gospel and R&B and pop and everything. And then once a year we would do a musical. Uh, two of those high school years, we wrote the musical. We did the choreography, we wrote the script, we, you know, we did the casting, we did our own costumes, we did, I mean, just all aspects of it. It was such an amazing, magical time. And I'm so yeah. grateful for it. So then I go to college and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna be a theater major. I was at Eastern Illinois University for two years. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really, you know, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't know that I was in the right place. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to go to UCLA or, you know, USC or somewhere. And I'm an only child. And my parents were like, that's too far. And now <laughs> I totally, totally get it. I yeah. get it. that letting yeah. go is just, it's hard. It's, it's gut-wrenching. I'm getting choked up thinking about it. Yeah. And that moment is like, um, this, this close with mm. my, um, but I trans, I, Changed to um, fashion merchandising as a major, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. Then I transferred to Howard University. What an amazing experience mm. that was. So I was not in fine arts as a major. I took like a few classes over there, but I was in there all the time. Mm -hmm. I was in a band that gigged around town. And people say, well, why weren't you a music major? Because at the time I wanted a record deal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in in my youthful, I don't know, I don't know if naivete is the right word, but I was like, why would I do that? It's not gonna give me a record deal. So whatever. But you know, you 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 chart your own path. So, mm -hmm. you know, I was in this band, shout out to Impulse, if any of them are watching. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had gigs on gigs on gigs, standing nice. gigs, and then I had like a um uh, a couple times a week at a jazz club, Tacoma Station, where I would sing. <clears throat> so, you know, fast forward, move to New York, get a job in the fashion industry, hoping to transition quickly out of that and back into music. But it wasn't, it was not a quick, 
transition. <laughs> there was a time there where I felt like I couldn't get arrested. Like I'd sing a demo here and there for somebody. Um, one of my friends in Chicago, Eric Miller, if you're watching, DJ, amazing. He had done a remix for NXS and Ray Charles and they were performing on the David Letterman show. And so they needed a background singer and they asked him if he knew somebody and they only needed one singer. And so he referred me to them. So I mm. called my boss. It was like, I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> and went to do David Letterman. And then I thought, oh, oh what, if, what if he watches it? So, and then from there, um, Kenny Lattimore was at, Howard and kind of NDC around the same time that I was. So we kind of knew each other and knew some of the same people. So mm -hmm. when his record came out, um, I got a call to do background vocals with him on that tour. And I was mm -hmm. like, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So the whole band lived in LA and they were like, this is where all the work is. This is where you need to be. Okay. And the keyboard player who is now my husband, we started dating. I came out here from New York and I've been here ever since and then from there was just kind of moving from you know one thing to the next thing to the next thing to the next mm -hmm. oh my gosh that's that's incredible I, you know backing up uh on your journey a little bit you you mentioned that you had this dream of you know getting a record deal which is basically i think where maybe 99% of singers kind of see their future when, when we're <laughs> younger. Right. And because really, unless your parents were professional musicians, musicians, or, you know, involved somehow, you don't see really any other aspect of the business. You don't see the other um, opportunities that are available. You just see, you know, I can't, I'm going to get a record deal and be famous. That's basically what I want to do. And it's like this, um, dangling carrot for so many of us. And yeah, I guess, you know, it definitely is, is naive. And I'd, I'd hate to ever say that to a young singer because you just, you never know. I mean, it's everybody, I guess, has that opportunity and everything, but yeah. in this weird way, coming this far down into a career, I think like, I'm grateful for that dangling carrot. I'm grateful for that naivety because Otherwise, you wouldn't have had anything to fuel you into stepping into these other opportunities that move from one thing to the next, to a marriage, to a new city, to, you know, a full, a full on career. And I just, I love how, you know, these stories unfold and it just kind of starts with that little dream of being a, you know, a big star. What the thing is, I didn't really want to be famous. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to sing. Yeah. Like, the only thing I say this sometimes, and maybe, you know, it, it may or may not be true, but I feel like that's the one thing that I'm good at. Yeah. That's the one, you know, that's one place where I have some confidence. As a kid, looking back now, I realized I probably wasn't very coordinated. The only team anybody has ever asked me to be a part of is a praise team. I have no <laughs> athletic ability whatsoever was a disaster. And you know, how kids can be kind of mean, you know, I was literally the last one standing when they were choosing people for their team. And mm -hmm. when I was that last one and that person, that captain was stuck with me, this was always their re reaction. <sighs> we're gonna lose, great, you know? Mm -hmm. So that just put to this day, I could care less about some sports. That's not my thing. But once I found the thing that I was good at, you know what I mean? Yeah. That have some confidence and feel good about myself, not 
you know, not, not anything beyond that, like, oh, I'm so wonderful. Not that kind of thing, but wow, this feels good. I love doing this. I'm good at it. This is good. I'm mm -hmm. settled with that. And, you know, every time, almost every time when I'm on a stage or I'm in a studio, I just say, thank you, Lord. Mm -hmm. I appreciate it so much. I'm so grateful that I get to use my gift and, you know, that that is my job, you know, and, and you listen, this, the, you know, I have a singer friend. She said one time, we have the best job and the worst job in the world. When we're working, it is the best job. And when we're not working, it's the worst. Yeah. So it this thing, this this being a singer is like being on a, a, a roller coaster. The highs are highs and the lows can be kind of low. But, yeah. you know, it is it is what it is. Yeah, that's true. I I definitely I share your 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 passion for it for sure. I think the only the one and only thing I don't like about being a singer is having to think about ever not being a singer again. So that's oh man, that would just I, that's making me sad. just you saying that. I know, I know. But again, I guess another uh, another reason that I'm grateful that I I didn't become uh, the recording artist that I I was maybe shooting to be, but now, you know, I feel like I have a career that I've built that I can, that has more possibility of longevity for me. You know, I can do a lot of things, you know, well into my older age. I hope, I hope. Absolutely. You can. You <laughs> yeah. absolutely can. Yep. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, thank you, you know, for sharing that. Um, now coming to this point that you're at in your career, having, you know, you obviously have some insanely great skills based on who's hiring you. So <laughs> now, um, nowadays, do you still feel like you work on your craft a lot? Do you still do vocal training or instrumental work? Or um, do you just kind of maintain with the work that you're doing? Well, interestingly enough, since COVID with all the non-singing that was happening, mm -hmm. I never used to warm up. I yeah. kind of warm up now yeah. because all that time of just not singing, mm -hmm. like, oh, okay, I have to work at that. And I have some vocal students, so I'm kind of having to practice what I preach because I'm terrible. I never warmed up before, and now I have to. I'm yeah. working on my sight reading because um, for a lot of the you know television and film sessions, they want people that read. And mm -hmm. for most of my career, I would say 95% of the work that I've done, it didn't involve any reading, you know, mm -hmm. with, with Christina Aguilera or, you know, just a bunch of gigs. When that record comes out, they send you the music. This is it. You sing this part. You sing this part. You sing that part. You listen to it. You get together. You rehearse. That's it. There's no, there's no charts. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And then yeah. even when sometimes there was a chart and I'm with people who are better readers than I am and we're rehearsing and the chart's wrong, I'm like, ah, ah. <laughs> just <laughs> so, yeah. But to, but to have a great ear and to be able to read is like mm, chef's kiss. That's the, that's the golden combo. Once, you know, when I really have a handle on that, I will be an unstoppable singer. Yes, you are. I can already, I can already tell. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that just, that says so much though, about just the, you know, the, the depth that you can take this career to is that you're, you're never done learning. There's always something to be, you know, to improve upon. Um, even if you're just a master in, in one area, um, you know, always kind of keeping that, 
spirit of um, not necessarily being new at it, but being teachable, being curious about, you know, what other, what other dimensions of your voice and of your, you know, open, Mm -hmm. being open, like, you know, American Idol was such um, an amazing experience because one, that stretch that I did, everything was live. There were no pre-recorded background vocals. So mm-hmm. I, I, I called it flying with no net. You would yeah. do it right or you want to crash and burn in front of 40 million people. I think <laughs> one year the number was like maybe 40 million people voted, like more people voted for an American Idol contest than the number of people that voted for the president that year, which is crazy. crazy. But on that show, you know, (laughs) once somebody's a country song, somebody's a pop song, somebody's Mm -hmm. an R&B song, all in the same show. So we had to, you know, be flexible and adjust to not do um, an imitation or a caricature of those genres, but to really try to get the essence of it and make it, I can't think of another word other than believable, but to make it sound genuine and not mm-hmm. like an imitation of what it was. And sometimes the what it takes to do that is so subtle. Like singing with Shania Twain, we were rehearsing and there was one word and the MD said, when you get there, pr- pronounce the word like this. It was one word. Mm-hmm. And that subtle change made such a big difference, right. such a big difference. So I, I love, I love that kind of stuff. I love yeah. that kind of I'm totally fascinated by that too. And I think that, you know, uh, singers who are just kind of like naturally gifted and and don't, um, you know, have a whole lot of driver interest in going into vocal training, I think miss that opportunity because there are, I really think that those little tiny nuances are the things that differentiate a a professional or very like well-crafted artistic vocal from, you know, an amateur sounding vocal or something that just is a little, you know, maybe um, just emotionally flat or something like that. And uh, we were talking about our uh, mutual friend, Wendy Wagner, before we got on. And she puts on these incredible um, pop... um, workshops and she really focuses on those teeny tiny little you know nuances just a different way to um you know bend a vowel or you know scoop a note or just these teeny tiny little things and it's i'm totally fascinated by that too and it is you know you never you never hit the end of that learning stage no and it's so funny because when when you do it and you hear the difference it is almost kind of magical because that little tiny little adjustment, that little tiny change just makes such a big difference. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm curious to know that, you know, you, you grew up playing piano and then once you hit middle school, I've had some piano lessons. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, you got a little start and then, and then in, uh, you know, middle school and high school, you said you started getting some, you know, real education behind you in choir and, and theater and everything. Um, now where you're at today, being a session singer, background vocals, and just being able to have the skill set that you have to cover all of that ground and now sight reading and everything, what what would your advice be to young singers or emerging artists who really want to break into that type of work? What type of a path do you recommend that they take as far as education goes? As far as education goes, I would say if you if you have access, if you, you know, have a good vocal teacher and there's so many great 
vocal teachers who just post their content on YouTube. Yeah. You don't even have to pay, Mm -hmm. you know, um, there's a great app for warmups called Vocal Ease that I really, really like. Um, Arnold McCullough, who's a great um, singer, he created the app. I really like that app. And then, like I said, with the, you know, work on the site reading. And one thing that I need to do is really step up my social media game. Mm-hmm. But especially if you're new and you're trying to break in, you've really got to post like if somebody wants to look you up on social media, I, from what I understand, there's a, a fair bit of hiring that gets done uh, from social media. So people want to see what you look like. They want to hear you. So post post yourself singing. Mm-hmm. You know? And now, you know, you can just whip out your phone and pick the place in your house that has the best acoustics and go for it. And if mm-hmm. that first take doesn't work out, there's no pressure. Nobody's, you know, on you like, uh, where's your thing? You know, mm-hmm. just take the time to do that. I, like I said, I, I gotta fix, I gotta get my social media together because I'm not I don't post a lot. I need to post a little bit more. Almost I, I'm gonna approach it for me at this point as more of my resume. But you know, in this business, relationships are everything. That's the other thing. You really networking is important, and that's almost kind of the part about this that I don't like. That whole dance of hey, you remember me? Because out of sight, out of mind is real. So if yeah. there are people that, you know, hired you because, you know, the work, it ebbs and flows. So when you haven't seen somebody for a long time, you know, it's just good just to show up. You know, sometimes what I'll do is if there's a, you know, a gig and the residual check comes and it could be a year or so later, I just shoot the person that hired me a note. You know, I just got a check for so and so today. Thanks so much for having me. Mm-hmm. Just an attitude of gratitude and being open because yeah. there's no way for you to know what's coming. This I have no idea. Like I had a session today. I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow mm-hmm. next week or next month. I have no idea. Yeah. None whatsoever. But I know something's coming. I know it's God is good and I know it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's such, that's great advice. And I, I love that last piece about, you know, net networking and just staying on people's radar. And it's not, um, you know, and I, I, I know it's it's hard to keep up with that and you don't want to be, you know, fake about it at all. I love that, you know, the genuine effort that you make or the very authentic reach out that you do is just kind of showing your gratitude for past work and everything. Um, I, I remember somewhat early on in my career, a good friend, um, a guitar player uh, who, who had been in the business for a long time, gave me the best piece of advice as a th- singer I think I've ever gotten. And he just said, just the best thing that you can do for yourself is get out there and just make friends and be real about it. You know, meet people, support other music musicians, careers, um, be a friend and, you know, and, you know, I think staying on someone's radar can be as simple as, you know, the reach out that you suggested or just stopping by someone else's show, supporting people's new singles, albums when they're coming out, but just, um, being a friend and, and those things tend to like naturally, you know, reciprocate when, when the time is right, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my daughter, Sydney is an aspiring singer. And so I'm, I, you know, share with her all the things I know, all the things I, I wish I knew. Mm-hmm. Um, my son, Jojo, he's really focused on basketball, but he plays mm-hmm. drums. And I mean, I didn't grow up in a musical family, but my kids have grown up in a musical family. I was yeah. pregnant performing, doing stuff. So he may do something musical, 
I don't know. But with Sydney, I just try to share with her everything, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it. Yeah, that's great. Let's talk more about Sydney. How, when did you, when did she start showing signs of um, having the music bug? Oh my gosh. It's so funny. Um, she's always liked to sing. And uh -huh. you know, we started them with piano when, you know, my son was five and when she was seven. Um, by the time she was like eight or nine, she's like, I want to be a singer. And I was looking at some of her, you know, the old, the little homework or stuff that I kept that they did in school, little assignments that I thought were special. And so many of her said, I want to be a singer. I want to be a singer. I want to be a singer. So, you know, she's in this amazing acapella group now. Yeah. Um, that's been such an incredible experience for her. Shout out to Laura Saggers and Squad Harmonics. They're amazing. Um, you know, singing in choirs at school and going on trips to perform at, you know, these choir festivals and, you know, performances at school and all that stuff that they do. So, you know, she she's on her way. She's on her way. Yeah. She actually, she's in the union too. She actually did some vocals on 13, the musical that's on Netflix right now. Wow. Cool. Yeah. And so when she left the session, she was like, I want to do that again. What can I do that again? I mm -hmm. said, that's the question we all want to know. <laughs> I don't know when you're going to do it again. Exactly. That's the, the very one question you have anytime you walk away from a session. Will this happen again for me? <laughs> right. We, it'll happen again. Yeah. And it's so funny looking back, like I see so many parallels with, 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 the two of us, you know, she wasn't in a really in a choir until middle school. That's why I started. And then singing in high school and then looking, you know, you can look back, looking back over things that I experienced as a kid when songs in the key of life was out. I loved that record so much. Mm -hmm. And I remember one day I was sitting, listening to it and it had, you know, as a kid, it just seemed like a ginormous book of lyrics. And I was just listening and reading and singing along. And I remember my mom asked me, don't you want to go outside? And I said, nope. And she was like, oh, okay. You know, because for yeah. us as kids, these kids now are opposite. They, they don't want to go outside. We right. live to go outside. But fast forward, I'm on a gig. Stevie Wonder is one of the people performing on the show. And he had to sing one of those songs, but it's not a song that he performs regularly. Like, you know, I don't know how many songs are on that. It's two albums. I don't know how many songs are on there. Mm -hmm. So, um, I was asked, do you know the song? I said, yeah, I, I know the song. They were like, okay, you go back here. I had to go backstage and tell him the lyrics while he was performing. So they gave me the lyrics. And you know, with something like that, you can't say it too soon, can't say it too late. You gotta say it at the right time. So I was feeding him the lines as he was <laughs> performing the song. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. That's crazy. That felt <laughs> like the, ah! <laughs> You don't want to mess Stevie Wonder up. Okay. Oh, that's, yeah. that's embarrassing. Oh, no, I will not be responsible for any mishap. <laughs> no. Oh, well, what, what a full circle experience though to have. Yeah. You know, yeah. going from listening to that album. Oh There's man. So many moments like that. And I just appreciate it every time it happens. You know, when I was growing up, my friends, the three girls across the street, Erica, Deborah, and Latanya. Hey, we had a group <laughs> of four stars, and we would put on a show in my backyard every summer. Mm -hmm. Who does that? And uh, the last show we did was The Wiz. So we had just had our carpets cleaned. So we had these long pieces of brown paper. So we painted those. Those were the yellow brick road. We we were all in. 
And mm -hmm. um, I love the whiz. You know, I did the whiz at school, did it in the backyard, whatever. And fast forward a couple years later, American Music Awards. There's a tribute to Diana Ross. Mm -hmm. And what's in the medley? Ease on down the road. I was like, I, I can't believe this. I, yeah. I High school, we were just obsessed with Dreamgirls the musical. Mm -hmm. So we did like a salute to Broadway one year. And so we did, you know, some songs from Dreamgirls. Fast forward to the Dreamgirls movie. I was so just like, I can't believe I get to be a part of this. I demoed most of the, a lot of the songs for the film, including um, Listen. I sang all the demos for Listen. And yeah. it's so funny, I was pregnant with Sydney. And they did a lot of, as they were, you know, working on the song, they did a lot of rewrites. They would change a melody or add something or take something away from the bridge or change a lyric. So every time they made a change, I would go back and sing it. And one of those sessions, I was so pregnant that my husband, Tim, was with me. We had the hospital bag in the car mm -hmm. and the producer and the director and some other people came to the session. And I know they looked at me and thought, is she, is she going to be all right? <laughs> But by the time we finished just working on that song, my daughter was like five or six months old. So, wow. and it was fun. So, and then there were a couple songs where they did keep the vocals, but just to work on that, because I love that musical so much. Mm -hmm. And just moments like that, where I've gotten to sing, you know, with Faith, like the songs from her that I love, singing with, you know, Charlie Wilson singing Outstanding. I'm like, is this, is this actually happening? Because wow. there's like a long list of people that I've sung with you know, once or twice, maybe three times. Then there's another list of people that I've sung with maybe too many times to count. And then the list of people that I've, you know, actually been in their band, toured with them or mm -hmm. did a promo tour or whatever. So I'm just, I'm great. I'm great. Yeah. yeah. Man, that's a, it's a, that's a beautiful career. I love that so much just to, you know, hear all of those things come full circle in those stories. That's really incredible. Um, I, I want to make sure that I acknowledge everybody in the comments here too. You've got, you've got lots of big fans here in the comments. Um, Paulette McWilliams says, um, I love Charlene. She's an amazingly beautiful singer in person. And she sang on my album, a woman's story. Let me tell you, Paulette Williams, that's a legend right there, right there. Just to get, she sang with Marvin Gaye and Luther Vandross and a whole bunch of other stuff. So yeah, she's a legend. Oh, awesome, Paulette. Thank you for being here. We're honored to have you here in the comments tonight. Yeah, and uh, let's see. Yeah, Karen was just also commenting that um, you've had some excellent blessed opportunities. That's, that is for sure. Well, um, I want to wrap things up, Charlene, and ask you a new question that I'm putting at the tail end of each of these um, interviews. Tell me, um, as a singer in life, what makes you unstoppable? My, my faith. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know how um, people, you know, after you get in, getting into this is one thing, staying in it is something else. And if I didn't have you know, faith that the Lord would see me through and, and know in my heart that, you know, God is my provider. God is the source of my supply. It's not people, you know, it's easy to get caught up in what did they call me? You know, we've all been through that, yeah. you know, on both sides of it. I've been on gigs where there was a bunch of singers and there was a break and when we went back. It was me and nobody. I was the only singer. And then we go back and it's me and some new people. What happened to the other people? 
I've been that person. The the what that happened to the other people, I've been the other people too. Mm. So really it's it's faith that just my my faith that sustains me on this journey. Cause like I said, it's this is it's a roller coaster. There's some, you know, highs and lows, and that that's what just keeps me even. And also knowing that what's for me is for me. And mm. so if there's a gig I didn't get or whatever, I don't mope about it. I just accept that. I'm where I'm supposed to be. Mm -hmm. I'm where I'm supposed to be. And that's not at that time or that place. That's not where I'm supposed to be. And when I am there in those places, I feel settled and peaceful. Mm -hmm. This is supposed to be. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you so much for just taking the time to do this tonight. You're so beautiful. I absolutely loved our conversation. I'm extremely grateful that you take the time to chat with me tonight. And I can't wait till we get to meet in person. I can't wait either. Thank you again for having me. This was so much fun. And, you know, whatever opportunities we have to collaborate in the future. And we definitely have to connect offline for sure. And hopefully. Yeah, we'll absolutely. Absolutely. Um, where can everybody find you online? Are you I think you're on Instagram, right? I am on Instagram at Charlene Sings. And now that I've announced this to the world, I got to put something up there. Because if you go now today, I'm telling you, you're going to be disappointed. So. Uh, <laughs> well, there's a little motivation for you. I'm going to post <laughs> that up in the, uh, up in the comments and, um, uh, Paulette and, and Karen have chimed in again and, oh, Paulette and Karen, thank you so much for joining us, George. Thanks for joining us. Um, it was a pleasure seeing everybody out there. Thank you for everybody else who has, um, watched along tonight. I'll be back here next Wednesday at the same time with another incredible guest. And again, thanks again to Charlene, please look her up on Instagram and follow her account and follow, uh, all the amazing things that she has coming online and keep an eye on Sydney too. Yes. See, uh, see what happens with her career. Um, thanks again, Charlene. We thank will you see you so all much. next week. Oh, I really enjoyed this. And thank you so much for having me. You bet. Thanks. thanks so much for joining us. If you love this conversation as much as I did and would like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. To stay up to date with The Unstoppable Singer and get all the behind the scenes content, you can follow me on Instagram at Unstoppable Singer. And while you're there, please share this episode on your Instagram stories and tag me at Unstoppable Singer. Once again, I'm Danielle Tucker, a professional singer and vocal coach. I've spent the last 25 years crafting a successful career for myself in the music industry and showing other aspiring singers how to do the same. The world needs your voice now more than ever. So get out there and create an unstoppable career.